Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez with our favorite activist guests, our election integrity activist, our weekly update. There's always something to report, and this week is going to be jam-packed. Welcome, Garland Favorito of VoterGA.org. Hey, Garland, how are you doing? Thank you, Manas. Good to, good to be back. Yeah, we got we got a jam-packed agenda this week. So. Yes, and we have a lot of people I know uh, are watching right now, are going to have questions, who've really been following this. There's actually quite a bit to discuss. We have been following your, uh, your suit to get access to some questionable absentee ballots, mail-in ballots in the presidential race, but it would also affect the Senate race. But that's not what we're, the big news for this week is the Georgia bill that I didn't think was, I mean, I just heard on Fox News, Kemp saying he signed this thing already. It's done. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so the first thing you have to know about this bill is how they passed it. They use a technique that we call political taxidermy. So if y'all remember, from last week, uh, they um, had House Bill 531, and it was going over, it passed the uh, House and went to the Senate, into this committee. It was vetted over there, and Senate Bill 241 passed the Senate, went into the House committee, and it was vetted over there. So you had two bills. These were the two omnibus bills. Which one are we going to go with? I don't know, debate. Yeah, everybody's saying, we don't like this one. We don't like that one. So what they do is they stuff an elephant on an ant. So we call this for the political document. They took Senate Bill 202, which is a little tiny bill that had about talk about applications. And they took all this stuff from 531 and they took all this stuff from 241 and they crammed it into this little 202 bill, put this elephant on an ant, uh, the political taxidermy, and then they pass that out of the House. And, and now the key is it doesn't have to go back to the Senate committee because that bill already passed the Senate. So it doesn't have to go back to the committee. So they resolve it real quick. And that means that you have to, you have to uh, resolve the differences between the House version and the Senate version. So they resolved it by just cramming everything that they had into the, that little bill and said, yeah, okay, it's good. And uh, that came, that was over Thursday, and then the governor uh, signed it on Friday, and boom, boom, it is now uh, a law to take effect on July the 1st. Uh-oh, I lost your sound, Monica. You muted yourself. Sorry. Um, are there no limits to how much they can do with that? Because they do it on the federal level, and there are certain limitations to it. They call it like resolution, the resolution process. But this seems, I mean, is it just has to be the same topic or or have you seen it done this drastically before? Oh, yes, yes. They do it every time there's something controversial that they don't want in the public light very fat, very long. They'll do this little technique. Uh, although this is the fastest one I've, I think I've ever seen. Uh, they, they, this is a technique they've used over and over again to keep controversial bills from getting back uh, and into committee and getting attacked again. So, but wow, I, I don't think I recall seeing one that literally went from the committee to the floor of the house, passed, and then resolved in one day and then signed by the governor the next day. That might be a new track record for, for efficiency and speed. 
Why were they so hell-bent on getting this exact bill through, getting all these things? Why did they not want to go through the real process or a robust democratic process? What What is it about this bill that they felt was urgent but would not be popular? So that's a great question. Um, and they, and you know, I they they took out the um, uh, well. I'm sorry, they left in the no excuse absentee voting. So that was really been very very controversial. Had they not taken that, had they tried to do anything with that, because then it would have forced people to vote on uh, a machine that's 100% unverifiable to voter. So that's what you know. We thought you know that's the kind of thing that you try to uh, cram through without anybody thinking about. It. Uh, it's a good question. I think it might come down to probably the most controversial thing on this bill is the elimination of signature matching uh, for the ballots and the applications. So what they what they've decided to do is to go through go with a driver's license number, which you put on the inner seal of the application and when you submit your ballot application request, and I think the inner seal. Of the of the ballot application, I'm sorry, the ballot envelope when you send it back. So uh, they have, so that's going to favor people who have driver's license because if you don't have a driver's license, you have another ID. That's fine, but you have to take a photocopy of it and you have to put that in. So it's a little bit uh, more inconvenient for uh, those who don't have driver's license could be subject to an equal protection uh, clause lawsuit. Um, uh, and uh, I think that was the controversial thing that they were kind of trying to sweep under the rug. Uh, there's pros and cons to this um, as to whether or not driver's license is better or signature matching. Uh, you know, a lot of the experts think that signature matching is better. However, uh, as you know, the last time they, re- you know, the Raffensperger reduced the matching uh, restrictions. And I think 90 percent, uh, there was a 90 percent reduction in Fulton County ballots that passed through. Uh, so a lot more votes got counted um, than than before, uh, at least in Fulton. So um, I think that might be the most controversial feature that they were uh, trying to hide and through. Who really wants to eliminate signature matching? Is it this like Stacey Abrams type deal or is it like, why would anyone, why would this be the most important thing? Well, the Republicans want, wanted to get away from it. Um, you know, there are some issues with it. Uh, try, you, you know, that it's not verifiable, but, you know, basically you have, uh, as, as they used to stand, you could not have parties watching the signature verification to make sure it's done correctly, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, they didn't like it. They thought, I think they, I think, I'm just speculating here, that they probably thought that there was too much, um, uh, too much room for for um, election officials claiming things that matches and they didn't match. Right. Okay. So, too subjective. Uh, too subjective. Whereas, in fairness, the driver's license thing is less subjective, but it opens up a whole other issue of, uh, you know, whether it favors those folks with driver's license or not unfairly. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I would imagine that's going to probably play out in the courts. I think a couple of lawsuits have already been filed about hmm. that. Okay, so tell us what is what do you like or and don't like about this bill? Give us like an overview and uh, your judgment calls. Great, great. So I, I think I'll start with the good 
part, and then I'll get to the bad part. There are actually a lot of good things in this bill, um, but you know the bad part is it's not going to solve the fraud that occurred in November. So um, let me just go through a few good things, Monica, and you, you can stop me whenever you want to talk about one. The first thing is we got a, actually got a big win. Um, we got ballot images are going to be publicly available under open records request law. This is one of the three things that we were uh, lobbying extensively for. Uh, so that is a huge uh, win for us. Well, that sounds like it's something that would have prevented some of the fraud from November. Uh, true. It, true. Although we found out in other states that the Dominion images appear to be bleached by the vendor uh, to eliminate certain um, characteristics, making them harder to, to use to verify the votes. Uh, uh, haven't seen them yet personally, but that's what I'm hearing from. Uh, oh, you're talking experts. about ballot ballot images, not the ballots. Ballot images, correct. right? Not the physical ballots for the right. mail-in, like you're right. actually fighting for now. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and we didn't get to the ballots. Right. That's 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 still didn't get passed. It's still on the table. Um, the next uh, here's a thing that I think is I would say that's a good thing. Instead of having Secretary of State chair the state election board, which gets very very political, uh, it's very very partisan. They the General Assembly will. Um, elect a nonpartisan chairperson. Um, I, I would rate that as a good thing. Uh, that depoliticizes the state election board just a little bit, not a whole lot, uh, but it will depoliticize it some. Uh, the other thing is the no, no private funding of elections. Um, now, some people will claim, oh my gosh, you know, they, these, all these election departments need the money uh, to help great voter turnout. Well, the problem is with that is the money was distributed by partisans like uh, Zuckerberg, Facebook, and it was it was funneled into um, basically improve the voting in in areas where he had a, he thought the agenda matches up with his agenda. So it was used disproportionately, which is a direct violation of both the Georgia and uh, United States Constitution to equal protection clauses. Why on earth would elections, I mean, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, like I don't even believe in this monopoly course of government, but if you're going to have it, you would think if you even had a, a, a minimum government, it would cover, like I always think this with the Wounded Warrior Project and stuff, it's like if we can't pay for the wounded warriors, like what are we spending $7 trillion a year on? Like if we can't actually pay for the election stuff as a, as a government, who could, you know, what does, what is government for? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I, I, and I'm not sure that we even need that much money, but. Yeah. What do they put the money into like um, advertising to go vote? Or uh, what can they not do? Drop boxes uh, would be one thing. Which oh, okay. Use, yeah. use disproportion, which, Gosh. Is just, which that's still on the that, bad left. And so. that was an equal protection issue. And yeah, for it to so be it, kind of privatized like that will really skew the agenda or serve an agenda, could serve exactly, an agenda. Exactly. You have to have equal uh, voting because I'm a constitutionalist. Yes. So uh, anything that's not equal is a problem. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that has to be equal uh, voting. And, and, I, and I'll see, you're going to see me in a minute 
I'm going to explain that I'll, there was something that I like that I'm I'm opposed to because it is it was not done in an equal manner. But mm -hmm. I will get to that one in a minute. So I have to be okay. opposed to that in order to be true to the constitutional principles that I, I suppose it stand for. Um, so um, another one, uh, Monica, um, it's basically they're going to use uh, third parties to identify out-of-state voters, decreased, uh, I'm sorry, deceased voters, and otherwise ineligible voters. So they, so that's, I think, a good thing. It, however, it didn't specify um, what they're going to do. You know, it, it was just in general, okay, we're going to start. So uh, Matt Brainard, who's done all the research on this, and he's, he's concluded that um, there were enough ineligible voters that changed the election results, or, or at least more than the margin of victory. Um, he uh, said, yeah, this is a good start, but it didn't specify what they're going to do. So he's not, he's, you know, he's lukewarm on it. And I think his analogy is right on. He's got the evidence, uh, you know, okay, yeah, it was good, but it didn't go far enough. So uh, they'll have to, and the Secretary of State gets to uh, expand that and do what he wants to do. So probably should have been legislatively done a little bit deeper, but they uh, they couldn't do that yet. Um, another thing, uh, here's one that the progressives should love. Uh, they're going to limit precinct sizes uh, to 2,000 voters if, if if there was a line more than uh, an hour. And one of the greatest examples of this is the uh, Piedmont Park area where the, down at the tavern, they have, I think, four or 5,000 voters in, in the precinct and line backs up, you know, hours and hours at night. So uh, this is a, an anti-voter suppression uh, uh, cl um, clause, and it should actually help uh, on the progressive side, this particular this particular clause. So I think that's a good thing. Um, okay, so can I ask you this about yeah, that? Yeah. Can I ask something about that? So I have always thought, that if you have very small precincts, you can actually hang around and watch. I mean, I, I literally think you should like write your vote on a piece of paper and stuff it in a shoebox, and everybody like walks it down to city hall, whatever. But I feel like the the in more seriously, if there's a small precinct, people can kind of keep an eye on it, especially if there's transparency in the reporting up and down. So if you're like, okay, this precinct had this vote count and I can go verify that on an Excel spreadsheet forever, like I will never not be able to see that. Then everybody who's sitting around while they're counting the votes or however it works can, you know, the smaller, the better for something like that. Are, is there transparency on how that's reported and then like reported up and reported down? Yeah, you said, you said the magic word, uh, transparency. Um, so there's some transparency in the reporting, but there's not transparency in the voting. So if the voting is not transparent, right, right. it doesn't have transparency, then transparency in the reporting doesn't really do anything. So I guess that's where I would leave it. It would have to be so small so that you have 50 people in a room and when it all of a sudden looked wrong, everybody, like, everybody here voted for Obama. Like how is... Mitt Romney or whatever, John McCain getting any votes at all. Like you, you would have to just have a gut on like how biased your precinct is. And the smaller it is, it's probably more likely to sit to, but I mean, obviously yeah. the, a few votes can make all the difference as we know. Well, that's exactly what happened in Antrim County. You know, they had a gut feeling that the, the precinct was, you know, largely Republican and, we, and it ran largely Democrat. And somebody said, well, this, this is weird. And that's how they found yes. it. The era in, in Antrim County, uh, where the machines 
uh, reported the incorrect results. So, okay. So I'll move. Here's another good one, I think. They're, they are going to limit mobile precincts to actual emergencies. So where, you know, if you have an emergency precinct, um, that, uh, uh, you know, you can only, if you have a, an emergency at a precinct, then you can use a mobile precinct. Otherwise, you cannot. Um, Fulton County in particular had these mobile precincts floating around. They are very uh, uh, subject to fraud. And uh, that's, they, so the legislature chose to eliminate that, the possibility of that happening again. So if a polling place had a problem, like remember when they updated something too close to go time and then that there were really long lines so they could have a mobile precinct come approach that because it's considered an emergency. Right. If, but if, you if, couldn't if, just if, plan on it. Right. If, if, the, the, if the precinct, exactly. If the precinct failed, you know, well, they'll bring in the mobile precinct. Okay. But you can't just ride around collecting votes. They were literally, right. County was literally riding around like a food truck, you know, oh collecting votes. Yeah. So, you know, just have a food truck and the mobile precinct. <laughs> and just go around the yeah. Actually right. give out food for votes. Remember how Al Gore used to give out cigarettes for votes to homeless people? Yeah, that was a big <laughs> thing. It was very clever. So, oh okay. What else do you like? Um, they have, they're going to, on the, the UACAWA votes, the UACAWA, by the way, is the overseas voting, overseas military uh, uniform. Over, I can't remember what it stands for. Uniform yeah. Overseas uh, Citizen uh, Voting Act or something. I, I forgot one, one thing. Yes. Uh, that is going to have ballot security paper. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's, that's a good thing, I think. Um, uh, now here's, here's one's questionable. Uh, you could put this on good or bad list. Uh, the absentee applications must be received 11 days prior to the election. So if you want to vote mail-in, you've got to do it, uh, get your application in 11 days in advance. So that's a, a bit of an inconvenience for the voter. You know, you can't wait till five days out. However, it prevents the uh, the absentees from stacking up and having to, you know, be processed for days after the election. I would be like highly in favor of that. I was uh, totally annoyed by how they were pushing out after election day, being able to receive them, register, vote. I mean, obviously couldn't register after election day, but they were, I thought that was a major cause of like conflict. And then yeah. it made it impossible to resolve the conflict because you didn't even know when you could start asking the questions. I mean, right. there was file those suits. Exactly. So yes. for those reasons, I, I, uh, I'm same as you. I put that on the good list. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, there was another uh, one that uh, you it, it, once you once the speaking of absentee ballots, once they start to be counted, they can't. The counties cannot no longer stop. You can't stop, and they will come back in the morning. Oh. To, yeah, you have to keep going. This is like Fulton had planned to do. So. Hmm. Um, the counties uh, are going to be uh, required to um, make daily reports on absentee ballot status tracking. Um, so, so interim reports every day. Here's where we stand. This, this, this number came in. This number have been voted. These number have gone out. Applications. We're waiting on these to return. So on. So every day they'll have to report that. So you can't just load them up at the end. So. Uh, like that. Um, Are they going to be able to count as they come in? Is that what you're saying also? Because um, that's something you wanted. Uh, well, actually, no, I haven't gotten there yet. Got it. Um, okay. 
Uh, that's something I think that Tim is opposing right now. Um, but they did make a change there, but we'll get there. I, and I couldn't, I didn't put that on the good list for a couple of oh, reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm not sure. It's a, it's kind of a, it, it's one of those, you know. Matters how it's executed probably. Yeah. Like exactly. the details always matter. Yeah, at least. Exactly. Uh, so a couple more on the good list. Um, the Secretary of State's going to have a mail-in ball uh, ballot application portal. I think uh, so you can go into the portal and get your request your mail-in ballot. Um, I think that's a good thing. They've already worked on that, um, but now it's officially law. Oh, the um, applications, uh, uh, ballot applications cannot be mailed by third parties uh, except to voters who have requested, received, or voted a mail-in ballot. Uh, so that's the only times you can, you know, the only voters you can send a, an application for if you're a third party. Um, right now, you can, third parties can just continuously blast them out, send them and send them and send them. So you can only send, a third party is permitted to facilitate someone getting an application right. if that person has already requested it? Um, yeah, right but now. But why wouldn't no, just the government? No. Oh, sorry, sorry, say it again. Go ahead. I don't understand why any third party would ever be offering applications if a person has to ask the state for the application. Why doesn't the state just send it? I don't uh, understand. Well, that's a good argument. I mean, you could argue that it should only come from the state, uh, and no third party should should be able to do that. Uh, they they tend to do that to, and of course, candidates can do it too to incentivize their supporters to vote. Uh, so the legislature chose not to, uh, you know, to allow that to continue. But how would they even know? So like I'm a person 11 days out, I apply for, I ask for an application or uh, two weeks out, I ask for an application. Mm -hmm. How does a third party even know I asked for that application? It's open. That portal's open. There's a, there's an absentee ballot tracking system that is public record. Oh, it, it has. Um, yeah, it can tell, it, it can tell you when uh the when the system when you requested the ballot and whether or not you have returned it back in so if they traded you a cigarette for your vote they can make sure that you applied for the application and such that's true it's, yeah, it's, it's a public uh, i mean that's why you don't isn't that why you kind of don't want to be able to track votes and stuff because they may but it's not tracking votes i get it i get it, I get it. right it's only tracking whether or not you you got yeah. an, an, an okay. application and it also uh, will track whether or not you got a republican or a democrat um a primary ballot uh, it will. It will. Right. So. Okay. So. Uh, by the way, the candidates use all. They use this all the time. They use okay. So the third party entity can give you, send you your application if you requested it through the portal. Right. And right. you like that? Um. I actually, I think I'm. I think I'd be with you. I think I would rather just have the state do it. Uh, but the 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 candidates and the parties and uh, and third party groups as well use this a lot. I guess it's an improvement over yeah, the yeah, yeah over just do being able to mm. basically send somebody an unsolicited application. Right, which is what yeah. they could do now, Got even it. if okay. they've already gotten one. So yes. this is, of course, it's still unsolicited in this case, but it's just it's only if they, right. if they haven't requested it. So it's a little bit of an improvement. Um, I'm, okay. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of with you. Again, you get into this 
disproportionate thing. And yes. I'm all, I'm all about equal protection. So. Yeah. Where's the money coming so, from and yeah. how do people even know? And, and then you really can capture the whole thing. But if it's an improvement, then we can count it in the good side. And I think that would be an improvement that somebody would yeah. actually have to have the wherewithal to ask for the application rather than being able to target intentionally people who aren't even competent to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a small step in the right direction. Yeah, okay. I think, I think. So, yes. Uh, and okay. uh, you know, a lot of these are debatable. Yeah, um, I understand. Um, see, I think we have just about covered um, everything except the um, the duplication panel. So right now, <clears throat> under uh, the current procedures, if you run a ballot through the scanner and it rips up, and uh, you have to duplicate the ballot. One individual, a county official, can do that. Hey, so that if they don't like what who, the way that ballot was voted, they can change it. Now, you know, the panel will have a panel, just like they have an adjudication panel, they have a duplication panel. So that's uh, that's the the probably the last thing on my good list. So uh, I would say, you know, a lot of these things are good, um, but there's also the bad. Um, and uh, so a few of the bad things, the bad list is not quite as bad, um, not quite as severe. One of the first things that, uh, that is on the list that bothers me is that the state election board can suspend uh, or even remove a county superintendent, or in other words, a county's elections director, if they chose to do so. Now, there are some county superintendents that probably should be removed, <laughs> but that is up to the county. It's not because the county, the county is a sovereign entity here. It's not the state election board. So the state election board now and this as, as would it be able to assert the power from the county to run its own government, its own election. Right. So the person who appoints the election director in the first place should be the entity responsible for removing and maybe the upper level of government. I always call that upsourcing. Like you should never push it up. You want subsidiarity. You want to pull it down. And it's if there's a, a valid complaint, from any quarter, perhaps, then it should go to the entity responsible for that appointment. Exactly, Monica. And the reason this is a bad idea, and I would say even maybe a horribly bad idea, is that this allows a partisan state election board to take out uh, whistleblower county elections directors. Um, and we've had quite a few. The Secretary of State has targeted um, several uh, elections directors who were whistleblowers uh, and regarding the Dominion machines or they had problem with the Dominion machines counting or they uh, mentioned that the machines were updated uh, the night before the election when they shouldn't have been. And the Secretary of State has gone, uh, his office, Mr. Raffensperger, has gone around targeting all of these elections directors who told the truth and he's trying to get them fired. And in several cases, he has been successful uh, at getting them removed. And that's what I would consider to be extremely corrupt. Yes. So, and it would also have the impact of it could corrupt the whole process in that if, you know, a lot of people like judges don't like to be overturned on appeal. Like a lot of people will say, oh, you're going to cause me trouble. You're going to embarrass me. Maybe I ought to run my selection past 
the secretary of state since he has the power to remove this guy. I don't want to pick someone he's just going to remove. So then it may corrupt the process even before you ever get a whistleblower in that position. That's a great point. See, I didn't even thought of that. So it's really more. Yeah. So that's a that's a, a significantly bad um, action that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, here's one that really bothers me. It, it allows the drop boxes to continue to be established disproportionately across counties. Um, they had talked about several different things. They, they talked about, okay, let's have a drop box in each polling location. Well, okay, that's at least, uh, anyway, let's see, if you have early voting, if every early voting location has uh, the ability to drop off uh, a mail-in ballot, okay, that's okay, that's equal. That's equal protection. It's a convenience uh, to the voter who wants to vote by mail and not vote on the machine. Uh, so they're providing a container to do that. That would have been a good thing, you know, had they done that. However, this allows drop boxes to continue to be used uh, disproportionately uh, in any way, shape, and form. I'm actually stunned that this is still in the bill. I thought the Republicans would have taken this out because they are don't like that. Um, go ahead. How do they determine where an early voting location is? Do you find that to be equitable? Great question. Wow. No, uh, that may not be equitable either. You know, you're absolutely right. right. Uh, but it would be more equitable since every yes. every county has has early voting locations. It would at least be uh, somewhat equitable. It wouldn't prejudice against the paper ballots. Right. Right. Or influence where you can do. Yeah. harvest votes right. and stuff. Why can't you why can't you go in and yeah. early voting and drop your mail-in ballot off? Yes. You know, that, that that's reasonable. Uh so I you know that I could go along with. Uh but you know the disproportional <coughs> uh, implementation always bothers me and, and you know you can stick them out anywhere and then you get into the whole issue of how do you monitor them. So we know from uh at least one individual who has who staked out um a mail-in uh, drop point that you know a bunch of ballots were dumped in. Uh, we know from another one of our friends. Uh, I think I can mention his name, David Hancock. Uh, he has done incredible research on drop uh, drop down oh. uh, drop drop boxes. Um, he tried to get um, his uh, county, Gwinnett County, to give him uh, the videos for the drop boxes, and he said that we'll call it will cost you fifteen thousand dollars. To get the videos. How so do they, they have a right to do that? Well, what's the point of having the? Yeah, well, who they, owns that? They don't. They finally decided after two months of bringing in the attorney general, uh, David was able to get access to the to the Gwinnett County uh, mail-in. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dropbox videos. Uh, DeKalb County is still refusing to give it to him. Uh, Has he looked at them? Uh, I, I think he's, uh, he's working at on it. I think he's looked at the Gwinnetts. He's found uh, okay. where they've. Hundreds of hundreds of mail-in ballots were dropped in within a uh, maybe an hour or something, and you know, at a certain at a certain time, which seems really really wrong. They were they were just they weren't scattered uh, correctly. So, um, and then the other problem with that is that uh, you know, so you can't get the videos, you can't get them on time. And it takes them two months. Then what? What if you have a problem? You got fraud. Well, okay. The, Elections yeah. certified, certified. So the whole concept of drop-down boxes is, is to me, absurd. Um, it should, should, should be outlawed. I, you know, we can go with the one in the, in the, in the precinct. 
uh, I'm sorry, polling location. Or the post office, every single post office. Oh, that's then it's not a drop box. It's just a post office. You're right. Well, that's, you know, you remember what we were Yeah, every zip code has a post office, right? That's right. And that was our original suggestion. Let the voter take it to the post office. It just doesn't even make sense to have drop boxes at all because everybody has a mail. Like you're actually, I believe the reason you are required to have like a driveway or road up to your house, I believe it is against the law to not have to, for the government to not have access to your property based on this like constitutional post road thing. So perforce, it is equal to have access to the post. And why would you have anything else? And well, the other beauty about that, as we've already we've said before on the show, is that the, the post office, uh, the officer, the, the uh, clerk there can verify the identity like they might do for another transaction. You've got cameras there if you need them. And the post office could probably even make a little money. They could pay the post <laughs> for collecting. With the, the, with the Dropbox, though, I mean, why can't you just use a mailbox? Why are there any drop boxes at all, as opposed to the blue mailboxes? Well, that you, you can. Just... I mean, you can you can mail your ballot back in, right? Uh, and of course, you have to have postage. Um, so th- this whole concept is 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 nutty. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they take it out before you know the legislative session is over. But I just don't uh, can't really go with this. You know that. Yeah. At all. Okay. It has to be equal protection. Yeah, that's that's me. It's not right. equal. Shouldn't be there. Yeah. Okay. So um, another one. Now here's an interesting one, Michael. So here, here's what here's something I like, but I have to oppose to stand okay. on principle. Okay. So this is what we're talking about. So the mail, the military overseas ballots will, are going to have rank choice, rank choice voting, um, which is uh, basically it's a long story, but basically the short answer is if you check your um, uh, you, you you sequence your selections at the general election. And <clears throat> if your candidate's out of the running, you know, go to your ne- this next candidate that you've picked and then there's no runoff. So um, oh. it eliminates the runoff. Um, so they have done that for your kind of ballots to cut down the nine weeks or whatever it is, time frame between a general election and a runoff. Uh, well, the problem with that, again, is it's not, equal. You know, they didn't do that for the regular voters. So why do the military voters have to, or overseas voters do that? And why do the other voters do something different? So I, I kind of like the idea, but yeah. but it's 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 not constitutional. Would it so, be impractical to allow everyone to do it that way? I, I think it's a legitimate, that's a great argument, uh, um, and you—that's what should be considered. Should we uh, should we go to should we should we go to ranked choice voting? Uh, and or all? Not like, every state has has runoffs as like Georgia seems to have way more runoffs than most states. So why? What's the difference in their laws? They just you can't uh, win a simple majority or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's it's the races are tighter. I think. Oh, um, okay. You know, you know, Georgia's. Tightening up, it's becoming a little bit more purple. blue, less red. Yeah, you know, purple. You know, I don't so. know why I even care, but you know, <laughs> I guess well, I don't you know. know. Blue purple is worse than red. It means it's bruised up pretty bad. So. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so yes, that is unequal on its face. How can that that can't survive? 
if it's challenged. Uh, I can't see how that could survive. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know if anybody will challenge it. They'll probably just let it go. So um, that's probably not as likely to be challenged. It might be. Um, so, so wait a second. How would it work? You've got uh, Purdue and Ossoff. 51.49 or 50.5 and 49.5. Yeah. Then there's we're going to go to runoff, but there are, I know this is too many, but say there are 10,000 soldiers, whatever, mailed their thing in. Before they decide to go to a runoff, will they revisit those ballots and see what the number two is? Like how mechanically do, would that work? Yeah, so, so the way that would work, let's say you'd have three candidates. You'd have Purdue, Ossoff, and Shane Hazel, who was a libertarian candidate for Senate. Um, so they would, uh, you would each vote, who's your second choice? And now if you if you didn't want a second choice and you didn't vote it, then, you know, tough luck. But um so let's say an example that the Purdue voters typically might have picked Shane Hazel for their number two selection. I don't know if Asaf's voters would would have done that, but let's pretend that that happened and they put in the number two. So if they uh, their um, candidate didn't make it for any reason and they had to go flip down to the second candidate, it would um, get you know. Uh, uh, let's say, for example, I'm sorry. Let me let me explain this better. Let's say that the Shane Hazel voters, right. who was going to be eliminated, uh, picked Purdue for their second choice versus Ossoff, just for example. You're right. Uh, that might have bumped Purdue uh, in, up over 50%, and he would have won it without a runoff. Right. But they or, would not have even, they would have to revisit those ballots after it was clear that Purdue did not take it. Easily, Correct. like didn't take the that's, whole thing. That's right. They would have to revisit the ballots for the runoff. Yes. Right. So if they if everybody had that option, they would literally could just go back and do a recount rather than a runoff of the entire thing. Right. Right. That you got it. That's that's it. Okay. Sounds sounds tricky, but um, uh, okay. So they would have to keep those things separated and in a pile for until all the stuff was resolved about whether or not it's going to go to runoff. Okay. And then we're down to the last two bad ones. Yeah. Um, and these are the ones that we did not get yet. We're actually still working on this, but it looks like they might be dead for this session, but we did not get public inspection of ballots. So that means if you want to see a real ballot, you're still going to have to sue, spend thousands of dollars to see something that should be public domain. Well, if it's public domain that you where you're registered for the primary or you're asking for an absentee ballot and it's anonymized, I mean, it just seems inconsistent. But OK, no public inspection of ballots. Right, right. Um, so that was not in there. And then uh, there's no uh, voting. Probably this is one that concerns me the most. There is no uh, imaging uh, allowed on Dominion voting uh, machines. So we're going to continue with black box voting uh, indefinitely uh, on machines that are 100% unverifiable to the voter and they uh, nobody will let you look inside to see what's behind the curtain of this uh, massive Dominion uh, system that we are- So you want to see a scan or like a screenshot or whatever of the thing the person scribbled there the colored in this thing. Well, well, not well. What's an image? That, that would be the image. That would be the image. Yeah. We're, going to, we're going to get the image. That was a win. 
What we're not going to get and is uh, I, when, I, when, when I say image now, I'm talking about the actual complete system server in the county. So let me explain how that works and how easy it is. People would say, this is for forensics. I should have said a forensic uh, image. Of course, you can do forensic on a ballot as well. But um, so here's how easy this is to do. If you wanted to do a forensic exam on the Coffee County server or whatever server that malware or whatever that malfunctioned, you should be able to take a sealed hard drive to your elections director and let them open it, stick it in their, uh, yes. their computer, uh, their server, copy everything off, uh, do an image copy. There's an instruction for that as opposed to a regular file copy. That takes probably less than an hour, maybe a half an hour. The elections director would then take that drive, seal it up, sign it, and hand it to the voter who wanted it. And they could use that sealed drive and take it to for forensics with that signature on it and that, or a date stamp. Uh, it, would call, it would take the elections director, uh, it, all the elections director has to do is start a job that will take you know half an hour to an hour. They don't have to watch it. They just have to come back and get it when it's finished. Give it to the voter. So this is not you know almost no inconvenience for election yeah. director law to get forensic image, and it would completely satisfy, I think, Dominion uh, image uh, mistrust that's going to continue forever unless the secretary of state decides that he wants to uh, you know be open about what's behind that curtain. So he's he's uh, he's not getting that. So. Um, that's that would be really easy to do. That's not in the bill. Uh, that would be my number one biggest issue uh, with the bill. And in order to prevent the fraud that occurred in November, which we think occurred, we don't know yet, but it, what appears to may have occurred, we have to have public access to the ballots and we have to have public access to the Dominion system servers in the counties. That's the two critical things for transparency the Georgia Republican legislature has not given us either one of those yet. Right. So none of the other stuff would matter if the Dominion voting machines create a fraudulent count and you couldn't examine it forensically. Exactly. And all it, those, all, everything right. on that good list doesn't mean a hell of yes. thing without these two things. Dang. And that's, that's the, the crux of the whole thing. So, so the Republican legislature has gone out and said, hey, we've got all these good things. Everybody's out cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, yeah, there, there are some good things there. Um, but what they're not telling the people is they didn't solve the problem of the right. fraud that occurred right. or the potential fraud that may have right. occurred in the November election. And that was the whole point of doing these bills. Yeah. Well, I question that. I wonder if the whole idea of publicly admitting that there was or giving so much airtime to the possibility of fraud was a way for whoever is behind the scenes and wanted like incremental election law changes because it's sweeping the country. It, it It's not they haven't federalized elections, but these kind of bills are sweeping the country. And I smell, you know, I smell a rat whenever I see something like that right. because they've there's always fraud. Why would they give it airtime? Uh, right. Well, you know, they got to check that box and say, "Yeah, we did something." Yeah, but do uh, you? What do, the What are they really after? Like, I don't, I don't see what this bill. I mean, what are they after? Are they after maintaining the 
like digital on uh in unauditable system while making it seem like they did something i mean yeah yeah is that exactly exactly that, do you think that, that's true everywhere that these kind of bills are coming up well i can't speak for everywhere because yeah. i can't keep, i can't barely keep up yeah, with you can't keep I, up, you know, it just changes every day um but you know they want to be able to check a box and go back to their constituents and say yes we did something so what they can do is now they've got a whole list of pretty good stuff they did and they can take that list back to the voters and say, yeah, we did something, but they're not telling the voters that they didn't really solve the, the fraud, that the, the potential for fraud that could still occur in 2022. So, okay, let's see about, um, do we want to answer questions? Do we want to talk sure about that judge, the election of the judge? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Um, what do you uh, what do you want to do? I, well, um, I'd like to. I think we should probably answer the questions that are relevant to this bill first, and yeah, then we can let's, change. Let's this do that. Topic. Let's okay. do that and see where okay. we we go from there. Um, um let's see. I I think I'm going to start from the top. Uh, everybody's saying hi. Hello. hello. Um. Sorry. 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 Oh, uh, so, somebody's asking for. Do we need volunteers for ballot inspections? Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, how do people deal with that? How do people get? Uh, how do people volunteer for to help you? Yeah. Let's see. What's the best way to do that? Um, I would say we're working most of the volunteers through the Constitution Party, so we could go. You could go to the CPGA uh, website and do it. Um, or maybe you could put your uh, contact information in the chat. And I say Robert's one of the ones that wants to do it. And I'll try to get get that over. I'll get you. Get you okay. Over. If you or even uh, could they contact you through VoterGA.org? Is there a contact form there? Uh, or could they maybe... Yeah, that, yeah, that's the other thing. They Is there do, an email address? You can do contact us. Uh, if you do contact us in Voter GA and just say, hey, I'd like to uh, yeah. join the ballot inspection team, sure. Okay. Kurt points out that there was a lot of blowback from major globalist corporations against the bill. Is that true? Am I reading that right? Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of blowback against the bill. Um um, but I think, and Kurt might be referring to something different. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, the main blowback is voter voter suppression. Uh, you know, you, the same argument you hear all the time. Um, so I, I think I think that's maybe what he's referring to. But I'm not. I got a feeling he's, Kurt's referring to something different. But I'm, that's all right. Well, let's see if Kurt can clarify that. Uh, Daria Tonelli says, congratulations, Garland. Finally, Georgia got it with your help, input, suggestion, and hard work. Monica, always sharp and beautiful. Thank you. And now in Arizona with Karen Fan, a lot of work to be done. God bless you guys. By the way, it was fun to watch Monica primping for the show. She didn't I know. I, I didn't know that the guest, Garland, could see what my camera before we went live. I thought I could only see him. So that that's yeah. dangerous. But at I least I was only primping. I shouldn't have told him. I could watch oh, my it. gosh. You have to tell me because who knows what would happen next time. I mean, I don't I can't even imagine what goes on when people don't realize the camera's on. So uh, 
C. Macross says lots of good things, but bottom line, isn't it all getting a little cumbersome? Yeah, it's always cumbersome to try to get the legislature to do the right thing. Uh, Jovan is praising your audit. What do you make <laughs> of that, Garland? So, uh, okay, uh, look, Jovan kind of, uh, he kind of uh, teed off on me a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we, I know Jovan very well, uh, and uh, there is no uh, animosity uh, on my part whatsoever. Um, we spent a lot of time together, and um, uh, you know, he's, he's he's got some good, he's got some good technology. He's got you know some good experts. So um, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but uh, uh, just uh, just in case somebody thinks that there's some issue between Jovan and me, it absolutely is not. Uh, no issue whatsoever. In the heat of the battle, people blow off steam. Uh, I mean, I've blown off steam at quite a few folks, and uh, uh, none of our supporters. <laughs> right. uh, they're, they're great. So, uh, but um, so uh, anyway, uh, all is forgiven. Uh, you know, Christian forgiveness is is my what I'm about today. So that's fantastic. Uh, oh yes, yeah, Palm Sunday. Yeah. So, so don't worry about if you heard anything that there's something bad going on between. Good. Uh, absolutely not. No. Perfect. That's the way to solve problems yeah, for I'm sure. Glad, I'm glad that question came up because I do want to clarify. Oh, good. There's Great. no issue with, with us. Now, why would anyone be privy to a request for an absentee ballot? It does seem kind of weird. They pick and choose what's transparent. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, the, um, uh, you know, you could say, why, why should it be? Why, why should, or why be? shouldn't it be like, why either it's a totally transparent process yeah. or yeah. it's not, or it's a totally private process, in which case you would have to deal with how to verify things differently. Yeah. You know, if it's totally transparent, yes, you maybe lack a little bit of privacy, but it would be very easy to verify stuff. Whereas if you want the privacy instead, then you have to have more, uh, more security and they, and without like, since they don't do that, I almost feel like I would rather have it all transparent. Uh, and it pretty much is. Uh, you can find out if you voted on election day. You can find out if you voted on early voting or, or, or mail-in voting. So I would say it's 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 pretty much, um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's pretty transparent. Lydia thinks Stacey Abrams will try to find loopholes. I guess the whole, if the, whoever's controlling the Dominion machines is controlling the outcome. Well, yeah, you don't limit it to Stacey Abrams. Like yeah. the Republicans are going to find loopholes. The Democrats are going to find loopholes. Yeah. We're a nonpartisan show here. So uh, that's, that's the one thing I did have learned over the years of observing this is it, it it's on both sides. Lydia also wants to know if Georgia uh, officials could appeal Judge Amaro's ruling. Yeah, I can't really talk too much about the case, uh, okay. today, but I'll say that's not likely. It's not likely. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're cooperating. Okay. Have you ever spoken to Steve Bannon? I've been on Steve's show. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so yeah, cool. I've, I've, I've been on almost everything. So. Dude, Garland, yeah. Yeah. you're a star. Um, yeah, I, I like so Steve. Great. You know, uh, uh, he's 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 on top of a lot of stuff, and you know, and that was yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm sure I'll be back, you know, on the show again sometimes. Yeah, he goes way back. I'm a, I'm a little sus of his deep state roots, but I'm <laughs> right right on. I mean, I don't care. You get the word out. That's fine with me. Yeah. So, 
How about this video surveillance of the boxes? Yeah, so we kind of talked about that. That was yeah. what David, David Hancock couldn't get them, cost $15,000, gets it takes two minutes later. Why did you pay taxpayer money for them? Uh, there's so many issues with uh, with that, uh, the, the box boxes. And, can, and Tim points out that when vote by mail was created in 1924, it had to be done by certified mail at the post office in the presence of the postmaster. Wow, so Tim, so that and that's so all we have to do is go back, you know, uh, and let let history repeat itself, and then we can, you know, learn from our, our past mistakes and go back to 1924. Hey, man, that sounds okay to yeah. me. Like yeah. I, I'm, there's no reason not to take it seriously. I do remember it always. My parents said that you couldn't really vote that way without a good reason. I think we have to give Tim Outerholt the uh, the. Uh, comment of the day there that was, okay. that, was a, that was a great <laughs> little history Tim, i know tim pretty well so tim that was that was awesome man you got you're a good researcher so um what is the was there a conversation between ruby and her daughter that you were privy to garland have you heard about I'm not, this not privy to anything uh right. yeah i can't, can't so okay yeah. Uh, so you are going to, if people go to voter, VoterGA.org and contact you, they can see if uh, they can help with the yeah. recount. Uh, so sure. this is, Douglas says he'd rather have fewer ballots that have been verified to be trustable than more unverified ballots that can't be trusted. I agree with that. That would be what they call a type one error. I don't know if I'm dipping into my statistics, but type one error is where you eliminate some valid things in order to have a more accurate sample. And a type two error is when you include stuff that might not be quite right, just to make sure you didn't lose anybody who was good. So with- Innocent until proven guilty is kind of you want the top one error. Yeah, I think the keywords there are are uh, verified and trustable. Yeah. So what you want here's here's this is the why I'm against um, or I'm in favor of no excuse absentee voting. What you want is what is verifiable and trustable. That was that's exactly right. But you want that regardless of the number. It doesn't matter whether it was fewer or less. You want all ballots to be verifiable and right. trustable, like like he's saying. So um, then it doesn't matter how many at all, and you know how many people vote by mail. You have to have a verifiable, trustable process, regardless of the number, and that's that's what we're all about: making that back end process verifiable and trustable. So it's good, uh, good comments. Uh, we are working very hard in EU. We'll come to the bottom, especially with hammer and scorecard. I don't get that at all. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's uh, about has to do. It's a long story. It has to do with um, yeah. foreign influence into oh, 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 okay, uh, U.S. Uh, uh, okay, into U.S. elections. Okay, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this, but you proposed your plan, right? Yeah, I can't. I, okay. uh, yeah, I can't talk about. It, but we, you know, the bottom line is we don't know yet. Anyway, we we don't know. So okay, so, so no unique identifiers, right? In the new bills, the new law. Right. Uh, good. That's a good question. Um, there are no unique identifiers that I know of in the new bill. Uh, apparently, because Dominion would have problems doing that. Um, so there are no protections against multiple scans of ballots. Great question there. Uh, that's another thing that wasn't, yeah. that's, I, I probably should have put that on my bad list. I didn't think about that. Yeah. 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 Things that are missing. Um, 
I don't know. I think you're not. I don't know if this is stuff you're just not allowed to talk. So Garland, without your Fulton County forensic effort and forcing ballots and machines access into the laws, we are not addressing the real issues and the future of our country. That's big. That's a big comment. I don't, I'm not sure I get the connection without your Fulton County forensic effort and forcing ballots and machines access into the laws. We are not addressing the real issues. So this law isn't really going to, because you can't verify. Yeah. Yeah. So bulk of the ballot. Uh, yeah. I can't really talk about the suit today, Yeah, but, but I think what Kurt's getting at is that Senate bill 202 doesn't address Senate bill 202 doesn't address the real fraud, which may have occurred in, uh, the November elections. I think that's the bottom line, Senate Bill 202. So yes, uh, yes. So uh, it, it it's not going to address that if if in fact fraud occurs, and which we don't know yet. We might get in there and find out hey, nothing happened. It was all it was all correct. Maybe Joe Biden won correctly, and let's yeah. go home. And you know, let's have a glass of wine and kick you know kick. <laughs> and we've been wasting our time. So, uh, but yeah, but the point I think the real point is that Senate Bill 202 won't fix the major yeah. problems as it stands right now. Kurt says no machines. I'm with Kurt on that, but Willard's yelling at us. Seriously, you're advocating using the the post office where delivery is, uh, or even being counted as far from guaranteed. That's why I'm not a fan of the course of monopoly government, but maybe, maybe Garland has a better answer. Well, it's a good it's a good point. So, uh, fortunately, we'll we'll have to worry about it because the post office idea didn't fly. So, uh, so Willard, I think you you won that. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh, Ism can't says so. Bottom line is we can't hear about the details of the ballot inspection, and that is true. Yeah, nothing. See, to say. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not, nothing. No news this week. Uh, yes. We know uh, plans are okay. in. That's okay. all we. Can. That's okay. all we know. Uh, we're trying to keep, you know, we keep trying to keep a low, low pro profile. Um, we, you know, we uh, next hearing is I think on thirteenth or something like that. Uh, but there's nothing really, you know, on. You know, nothing going, nothing going on. That plans are in. CE five guy is referring to something that is about as far down the rabbit hole I would ever ever go, and it's way out of the league of what you're talking about, Garland. But he says we should all train to do remote viewing and check the authenticity of the ballots ourselves. I have to say, there's nothing to do with this. But the I was reading a book on MK Ultra, and I totally believed everything. Then they had this one section about this idea that you can see something that you're not actually in the physical presence of which uh -huh. is is a like my father used to tell me it's called bilocation like saints had it i know it's that's a little too woo woo for me but i like the idea we could we could keep them honest by have it being able to i guess we could do the same thing by having uh video surveillance of pretty much everything all the counting and stuff but those machines they're no good well i i think what you meant by remote viewing there was that um, and, and this happens in some counties. You can go in and you can look at the ballot images remotely from your computer. You can go into Secretary of State's office and show me the ballot images for this election. And if you want to spend time to count them all up, you can do that and you can make sure that the machine counted correctly. So oh. I, I think that's what he meant by remote images. And that is available in some states and it should be available here. When we make these images available, 
um, they should be available online so that we can see them. We shouldn't even have to go make an open records request to get them. Uh, we that should would be. Just, you know, they should just publicly put them up, and then they're only, you don't even need an open records request, and that, and that would be uh, um, that, that'd be it. That would be super cool. Um, Kurt says the expected time frame from start to finish. I remember that April twenty sixth uh, date, but we're not we're not answering yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, don't don't. Okay. I mean, let's not go there. Know, okay, we don't know. So, uh, uh, um, so I've got two other little things. Actually, got, actually, it's public record. It's in the plan. Um, are the plans posted yet? I don't know. You could probably go into audit. Wait. You can probably go into Odyssey and find the plans if some you know yeah. if public record. Um, and that's that way you can answer that question and maybe maybe in a week or so I can answer that question. Okay. So what happened with that uh other election? Was it Gwinnett? Was it the judge? What was it? It was a judge. Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, we're already over an hour, but I wanted to go into that. Maybe we'll save that for next week. Next week is Easter. I'm not sure yeah. we can do it next week. Should we try to do Saturday next week? Even though it's holy Saturday? Um sure, absolutely. Yeah, I can do it, yeah. but I'll have to I'll have to you see have to what my late. you have to go late on Saturday. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I have to see what I've got on that day. Yeah, the short the short story for the um Gwinnett County case. I'll just give you the overview and we'll save that for next week. Okay. I actually might have to do real early next week. If you could do noon your time next week, I think I could do it. Uh, noon, oh, you're busy. Noon my time. I could do next Saturday. Noon my time. Noon my time. I could probably even invite Aviva and she could do her, her election integrity song live. That would show. be perfect, especially for Easter. It'll be very festive. Uh, okay, let me see what I can do. I think I could work that out. Um, Aviva, uh, most of the folks here don't know, she kind of schooled the election, the Georgia senators on election integrity by singing a song to them. <laughs> it was and, so great. And I think you'll, uh, you can, you'll go out to the one of the House Bill 531 hearings in the Senate Ethics Committee, you can find her, um, her, uh, her singing testimony which is quite a cute little song. I kind of helped her with the words a little bit. Did you really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm going to put the YouTube link in the stream there. Do you want to give us a little one second over, one minute overview of the, of that other case? Yeah, I would, uh, and I think we've posted this. Uh, the Gwinnett County hearing. We had a fabulous hearing. It had, we haven't gotten the winning ruling yet, but it's a long story about a judge who uh, won a landslide uh, uh, race in the, in the general election and then lost in a landslide in the runoff. And we asked the question, how could that have happened? Show us some ballot images from these precincts, and, and we'll want to see if that, you know, the Dominion machines counted correctly. Gwinnett County refused. Uh, and we went to a summary judgment uh, argument, um, and uh, which is really um, hard to win if you're a plaintiff. You can win them if you're a defendant all the time. But um, uh, the attorney who I've never worked with, Henry Chalmers of Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, uh, did a most amazing presentation I have ever seen of any attorney who 
has worked for Voter GA. Uh, and I think we have the video up on VoterGA.org events. If not, we'll get it up there shortly. Um, and it was just an amazing presentation. And he had the basically the other attorney, who's one of the best attorneys that state has, pretty much at his knees. Uh, and uh, they're now they're not even arguing about whether or not to give us an image. They're arguing about whether or not they're going to pay our attorneys' fees so that we can recover the cost. Uh, and and he, he made a stellar argument for that. So I'll save most of those details for next week. Um, and I want to make sure that that is up there. So um, there. Um, oh, so Tim's got to comment. Yeah, Tim says um, his case is going to the judge next Wednesday. Is okay, that okay? Very good. Yeah, Tim Adderhill, he's going to be out in Cherokee County. Uh, sounds like he's got a um, he's got a question about. Uh, I think he's filed to prevent ballots from being opened early. I think I forgot to mention that. They, I, yes, they, there is a provision that allows them to be scanned early. So, so this would be uh, worse uh, from Tim's perspective. So um, he that will be that will be interesting to see how that case goes for Tim up in if you're up in Cherokee County Courthouse, uh, maybe Tim can put the um, information in the chat so folks can come up and see him in action. Yeah, Tim, um, is there a call to action? Can you tell us the when and the where? Douglas says he watched that presentation. Holy cow! Phenomenal. So concise. The defense was disarmed before the fight. <laughs> they really are. That's, that's a what a, what a uh, that's a great summary of, of what happened. You, you got to see that. I want to really go into more detail next week about that. Um, it's a it's a long story. I want to give you the statistics. Okay. On how ridiculous it, it is. That would be great. And in the meanwhile, maybe we can watch the presentation. You're saying you're going to put it up at Vo Voter GA. Um, events tab? Apparently we uh, already have because uh, I think it's on the events tab because that's where Douglas found it, I think. Oh, okay, um, great. So I, I thought we'd put it up, but I can't remember. You know, I, I forget. Yeah, you know, well. From day to day because I was probably the one to put it up. Oh, really? That's yeah, a little, that's a little inexcusable. I'll put it up. <laughs> <laughs> I it these days. Okay. Do you know what Mike Lindell is up to. He is quadrupling down on machine fraud and releasing a video with Dominion whistleblowers. Do you know anything about this? And have mm. they, they have they released your video yet, Garland? I've heard that it's gone out to certain parts of the world. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's gone out uh, uh, in, in, in the U.S. yet. I don't know. Uh, but that he's got a ton of footage a lot of good stuff going on, um, and uh, that will be very interesting. Um, I think I think you will be able to find some Dominion whistleblowers, and uh, um, I, I don't think that you know any the lawsuits from Dominion will be able to hold up. Uh, I think it's more publicity uh, for them to try to save their reputation. I don't see how they can survive a serious discovery. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Um, so we're thinking Saturday. So Seema Cross says, thank you to both of us for keeping this going. And I'm saying next week, we're going to try to do noon Eastern, right? 
Uh, yeah, noon would be the absolute earliest I could do it because we have our, our call every week. Um, okay, so I'm going to uh, take that yeah. down and we're going to... No, that's okay. I could do it. I don't know. Let me, because I could, if we do it, if it's, I could absolutely only do it for one hour exactly. But that'll for, be enough. At 12 or at 1? At 12, from 12 to 1. That's basically all I could do. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd have to be much later in the day. But I don't uh, really want to get later because it's, well, I guess there isn't much going on on Holy Saturday. It's really Easter. That's the, the big day. Totally up to you. I'm at okay. your service. All right. We'll I'm confirm that. It'll be on Saturday because Sunday is Easter. All right. Wow. That was a lot of info. Uh, I love yeah. it. I'm sad that we that they still have those machines and that you can't you can't verify them. That does stink. But the other stuff, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Well, the interesting part about all this is now we'll be able to hone in on two issues. On two issues, and they said, "Okay, we did all this other stuff. Okay, yeah, but you didn't fix this, so we're going to hone in on those two issues. So um, we'll be able to really attack them hard on these next session, and they don't have any excuses because they've already passed all this other stuff and told all their constituents that was fixing it. Okay, now we're going to we'll we'll be able to force the issues." That would be great. That would be great. All right. So uh, next week, another update. Thank you so much for your time, Garland. Everybody's right. You do look super spiffy. We love it. And uh, and you're going to change from church. Today. Yeah, you look great. And we're going to um, party with you on April 18th. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll neighbors. Have, we'll have some uh, more details. I think I've invited uh, Viva to show up and play for us. Uh, so, oh, it'd be so fun. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a good time. Oh, it's going to be fun. People yeah. are coming to see you. I thought they were going to come to see me, but they're coming to see you. <laughs> Whatever. I'm chopped liver. I know. I know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <harder> now. <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Monica. Take care. Bye -bye.